I don't know. People should just stay humble and stack sats. I don't know. People should just stay humble and stack sats. Logan thinks that should just be the podcast. That's all we need. Really? Why don't we do two hours? You can just have that little quick soundbite. How's it go? I don't know. Just stay humble, stack sats. (laughs) (laughs) Just like the whole two hours. You're saying it different ways. I don't know. Stay humble and stack sats. If you are stacking sets, you should put them in a cold card. It's the most secure hardware wallet on the market. The MK4 has got two secure elements. Creates private public key pairs in an air-gap fashion online. Uh, you can add entropy to your private key so it's stronger. You have more confidence in it. Uh, the MK4 is NFC enabled. You do everything offline. It's a beautiful thing. They have the Q1 now too, which is a bigger... Hardware wallet, same gut as the MK4, but it's got a full keyboard, a QR scanner, battery pack. It's a beautiful thing. You also get this this block clock here. It's all made by CoinKite. They're doing an incredible things. Like, yeah, I have a tap sign or a SATS card. I literally have, I think, within an arm's length radius of me right here, I think I have five cold card products. I have at least two in here. I have one here. My bag's right here. I've got a couple wallets in there. They make the best hardware on the market, whether it be these these cool clocks, the secure hardware wallets, the tap signer, the SATS card. Q1. It's a beautiful thing. Go to coinkite.com. Buy the best hardware on the market, the most secure hardware. It's a beautiful company making beautiful things. The company down the hall does beautiful things too, unchained. If you want to use a cold card in a multi-sig quorum, you can... You can do that with Unchained with their Vault product, which is two or three multi-sig where you hold two keys. Unchained holds one. This helps you eliminate single points of failure. You don't want to get BlockFi'd. You don't want to get Celsius. You don't want to get FTX. You don't want your coins on Coinbase because that's for nerds. For dweebs. For weak men. Get it into multi-sig, cold storage. Use an Unchained Vault. Eliminate your single points of failure. Distribute your risk. And you can do many things. Once you have your vault set up, you can go to Unchained Trading Desk. You buy Bitcoin, it goes straight to your vault. You have an XPUB associated with your multi-sig wallet. Every time you buy Bitcoin, you buy using Unchained Trading Desk, and it goes, they pick an address from your XPUB. You don't have to pull the wallet out. You don't have to do anything. It just goes into your vault. You're in cold storage. You get peace of mind. You also have a lending desk. You want to use Bitcoin as collateral to get a same-day U.S. dollar loan. Uh, they also have an IRA product. If you want to rotate your... IRA into Bitcoin and hold your own keys. You can do that on chain as well. So go check it all out. Go to unchained.com. Tell them that RHR sent you. Tell them that TFTC sent you. Tell them your uncle Marty said, Hey, I heard you're cool. Enjoy this for it. I don't know. Just stay home on stack sets. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. And we're live. I'm under attack right, right now.
What do you mean you're under attack? The shitcoiners have commenced on my city. They're all over the place. I just went to get lunch. I had to see a bunch of them. Disgusting. Not my city. These people are disgusting. They stink. Yeah, I heard you were... I'm not going to say it. Can't even <laughs> dox a shitcoiner. No, you don't want to do that. Yeah, you have uh, Consensus 2023 in Austin right now. Yeah, still well attended. But how are how are the Bitcoin? Uh, everyone can just safely ignore Consensus. It's all noise over there. But uh, you guys have been hosting Bitcoin only events. Um, how have those been going? Very well attended. We had Lit Devs Tuesday night. I stayed for a few minutes and then had to jump to a dinner. Jam packed. Last night we had the first ever Nakamoto Forum Debate Series event. A debate on the most sustainable energy source for Bitcoin mining. Steve Barber put forth that hydrocarbons were the most sustainable. Jesse Pelton, that renewables, predominantly solar and wind, were sustainable. By the end of the debate, Jesse swayed the audience more than Steve did and officially won the first Nakamoto debate forum series event. So the. The first winner of the Nakamoto debate forum goes to the ESG crowd. Yeah, I hate to see it. You hate to see it. But it was good. It was a good event. It was a good debate. A very civil conversation, debate. That's what, so what inspired the Nakamoto debate forum series was the Soho forum. So we have to give a shout out to Gene Epstein and the Reason Foundation, Nick Gillespie. Gillespie, um, from Reason. They were, they were inspired what happened last night, going to those events, events in New York. It always felt good. You have a structured debate with a resolution, a positive and a negative with the resolution. And you just have a civil debate. We're trying to bring that to Bitcoin here at the Bitcoin Commons. We had our first one last night. And it went great. And yeah, the, the solar and wind guy won. But I think there was a lot of solar and wind plants at the debate. Were the votes secret? Yes. <clears throat> Which way did you vote? Uh, I was I was not swayed. I, I, so you, you I, voted I think, for Jesse? No, I voted for, uh, for Steve. <laughs> Jesse, I'm sorry. Allegedly. Jesse's great, though. And he does make very good points. That's why I think he won last night. He's very, uh, very well-versed on the subject and very convincing. Um. No, but it was great. I think we had like 150 people here. It was getting hot in the commons. And these stupid ESG thermometers, they won't let us turn it down. So it got a little hot, but it was fun. Wait. You guys can't control your thermostat in we, the commons? We can, but within a very uh, tight range. What is your range? Like right now, it's like... 70 to 73 degrees, I think. That is incredibly cucked. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I get pissed Hate off. Hate to break it to you. It's the building. It's not the commons. Yeah, you have sick culture seeking in everything. Seeping in everything. Did you see Yellow's comments? Can we, Yellow's comment, can we switch consistent things we do on Twitter? I'll do the stay humble tweets. You do the don't, don't stop believing spaces. <laughs> yeah, I don't think 
I, I don't think we're going to get 100K until you, until you stop believing and, and stop doing near spaces. The timeline always goes the most painful timeline. To those who are not aware, uh, Yellow at like 60K Bitcoin decided that he was going to do a Twitter space where he plays a variety of versions of the Don't Stop Believing song um, until we hit 100K and he was going to do it every day. And we pretty much went down only for like the first hundred days he was doing it till we bottomed out and he's still doing it every day. One of the best Twitter spaces. Don't stop believing freaks. We'll get there one day. And that day will be soon after yellow stops running the spaces. Logan, uh, how's the events going at, at uh, Plub Lab? Had a workshop yesterday. During the, uh, the Nakamoto debate, some people showed up. <laughs> Handful of people showed up to look at uh, 3D printing, which was cool. What were you guys 3D printing? Oh, was the uh, Eden 3D guys did that, right? Yeah, it was Eden 3D. Max from Eden 3D. Uh, all that was printed, he just printed a little boat to just show off the printer. But he just did a whole uh, presentation on how to get into 3D printing. Are you going to get what into you do? Are you going to get into three D printing at some point? Okay. What about you, Marty? At some point, probably, maybe. We could probably. What else do you have, Logan? Sons. That was that was a that was a pretty garbage show. I'm going to channel my inner car. You could do better than that. Do you, don't you guys have other events this week? Uh, we have a party to kick off Bitcoin Plus Plus on Friday. There we go. And then That's what is what is Bitcoin Plus Plus and when is it? Uh, Bitcoin Plus Plus will go over the weekend. It is the main event is not at Pleb Lab. It's uh, at a, uh, somewhere else. Where? Where is it? Some hotel. Now. You got to know this. He's looking it up. It's uh, yo, Car. If you're listening, you gotta you gotta groom Logan to be a better shill for these. There's shows. no grooming on the show. We're, 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 not, do it. we're not grooming here. You need okay. to lead. You lead. You don't groom. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, BTC plus plus is fucking dope, and it's run by uh, Nifty. Yeah, um, in X Frog. It's a great developer education event. It's at the it's Palmer, at Palmer Events event Center. X Frog is on it. Tickets. Uh, the ticket sale ends tickets, in two and a half hours. Two hours and twenty. Like you're minutes. not going to sell any more tickets after two hours from now. So if you're listening to this, freaks on the podcast, you're probably not going to. Um, you're, prob- you're probably not going to be able to buy a ticket. Yeah, this is Alpha but if for live stream. On the live stream, consider Alpha for live stream. There's not going to be listeners. any doors. Oh, fiat only after 5 p.m. Oh, that's fine. Most people are LARPs and don't spend Bitcoin anyway. Do you spend Bitcoin? Yeah, of course. Same. I prefer to spend Bitcoin. Same. Speaking of Bitcoin, should we jump into it? You got a we got a big list this week. Yeah, I actually on. made a list again, freaks. We got I did bank, it. bank failures. It got another bank run going on. Remember the 13th largest bank? It's just going under and everyone's like, oh, this is just what happens now. Yeah. Just for context, Silicon Valley Bank was the 16th largest bank. First Republic Bank, the one that's currently going under, is even larger than Silicon Valley Bank. It had 200 billion deposits 
in the fall. And uh, now it's going into receivership. Is it officially fucked? Our banking system is right. Let's go through the, let's do the dashboard real quick. Then we'll get into that because been very busy the last two days. I've only been able to catch a few tweets here and there. The price of Bitcoin right now is 29,655 cuck bucks. One cuck bucks is going to get you 3,372 sats. Currently at a $574.0 billion market cap. We are block height 787,251. We are currently 1,005 blocks away from the next difficulty adjustment, which is estimated to be next Thursday. So during the show next week, maybe. Uh, May 4th, 2023. And as of right now, it's looking like it's going to be a negative 4.9% adjustment. So we're a little over halfway through this epoch. And so this is probably an accurate estimate. Hash rate has fallen off the network. Block's been coming in at 10 minutes and 32 seconds on average. And so as of right now, looks like we'll have almost a 5% downward adjustment next week if things hold uh, hold steady here. Uh, and since blocks have slowed down, mempools have garnered a lot of transactions. Clark's currently has 129,101 transactions. It's the most I've seen in his mempool. Oh, I owe you money. Yeah, you do. You owe me 100,000 sats. No, you just send me a Bitcoin address. I'll send it to you one separate bite. Yeah, I'm going to send you an invoice soon. Um, yeah, just send me a Bitcoin address. I don't have any Lightning wallets. No? I only have on-chain funds. Why so bearish? Was that, uh, it was it was greater than a 24-hour period between clears, right? Yes, it was. It was like Sunday and then Tuesday. Okay, well, I'm a man of my word. I will pay you, but I also will say to the freaks, mempools will never clear again. <laughs> you want to double down? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll double down. You want to double down again? thousand sets? I'm not doing two clears, though. You're only getting you're not, one. Wait, only are get, you not confident? You only get one clear on this double down. You're not going to give me the same terms? I'm just hedging my bets here. <laughs> Currently 57 um, blocks according to mempool.space. Let's, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll wait till the end of the episode and we'll, let me think about it. Okay. But I, mempools at some point will never clear again. <laughs> <laughs> you think about it. There are currently 7,000. 94.09 Bitcoin in unspent capacity in Samurai's Whirlpool. That is 211.2 million cuck bucks in unspent value. And that is Clark's dashboard. Bitcoin. Thanks, Clark. Bit volatile the last couple of days. have reacted to the run on First Republic Bank by shooting back up to 30,000. And yesterday we had a, a puke candle down to 27. Now we're back at 29.8. There was almost. a fake... There was there was a fake news alert that said that the Mt. Gox and government wallets moved and were about to dump coin. Yeah, what's going and on there? They didn't, and we went back up. Yeah. Huh, people should just stay humble and stack sats. Like if you trade, you're just going to get wrecked in both directions, which is literally what happened yesterday. Yeah. Speaking of fake news, do you think that Jerome Powell prank call was fake news? I think that was a deep fake. I don't think that was real. Oh, I didn't even see that. You didn't see it? Did he was was he doing the prank call? Well, I'm sure you've seen, um, there's been videos, it's all now, Marty. but there's deep been videos rule everything around us. of these two Russians who've been prank calling. I think they got Christine Lagarde. They got somebody like uh, on my radar at all. in the defense department. Um, and apparently they got Jerome Powell 
this morning, but like they call pretending to be Vladimir Zelensky and just get them to say stuff that they think they're saying in confidence to the president of Ukraine. Uh, it's just these two pranksters, but I think it's a deep fake. Um, but if not, not verified, I mean, he hasn't come out and denied it. So maybe it isn't, but well, Logan, well, how does denying it even do anything? Yeah. It's just a minute. So we'll play it. Start from the beginning. Wait, we're going to play the probable deep fake. Yes. Okay. Um, and, uh, but what we're going to find is that growth in 2022 was, was positive, but modest. It was subdued. So, you know, 1% around that, that level. Um, in terms of this year, most forecasts call for the U.S. economy to continue to grow, but at a pretty subdued level. So growth of less than 1%, let's say. But we, ha we would tell you that, that a recession is almost as likely as, as, as very slow growth. Um, so that's, that, that's a fact. And, and I think that is partly because of, uh, of us having raised rates quite a bit. But this is what it takes to get inflation down. We, to get inflation off of the high, we've had inflation at its highest level in, in, in 40 years. To get inflation to come down, what we need is a period of slower growth so that the economy can cool off, so the labor market can cool off, so that wages can cool off. And so that, that's how inflation comes down. That's the only way we know to bring inflation down. And it can be painful, but there is, we don't know of any painful way, painless way uh -huh. uh, for inflation to come down. Yeah. And so, Wait, so Marty, this is supposed to be a prank Zoom call? Yeah, so these two Russian pranksters basically get these important people in power on the call and they're pretending to be Vladimir Zelensky and like they're like pretending like Zelensky's like, hey, uh, what's going on? And so they use a deep fake of Zelensky? Well that's the thing. It's like that's why I find it hard to believe because uh, apparently like on all these calls, like he's not on a video call. They're just like mimicking his voice. And ask him this so information. A, well, first of all, freaks, if someone Zoom calls you and they don't turn on their camera, that gives you full excuse to leave your camera off. You don't turn on your camera in that situation. Second of all, does Jerome Powell in regular videos use a horrible fake virtual background of like a forest? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If, if, if it's a real video, Jerome, don't use the bullshit fake background of yeah. a window with a forest behind you what, like just, what is that just show us your dirty bed you know you got clothes yeah, let's all just over. let's just see marty's we we had we had a year of rhr where it's just marty's in-laws bedroom was behind him yeah we just own it just own it um anyway probably a deep fake but everything he said is true yeah but if it's not a deep fake it's interesting because he said things that he's not he has refused to say publicly, which is like he's trying to destroy the labor market and bring down wages, which is something you can't articulate publicly. And if it's right. real, he was articulating that in what he believed to be confidence to the president of Ukraine. But it was just two Russian pranksters who didn't have his camera on. Yeah. And was talking via Zoom. Yeah. And so he did disclose that they expect two more rate hikes in the future, too. <laughs> so this is. This is something uh, which is supposed to be inside information that if it's true, was leaked to the market. And if it's not true, still being deemed. But it, I think the whole situation is important for one reason or another, um, if it is real, 
like that's a big fuck up by Jerome Powell by getting duped like that and then articulating that message and having it leaked makes him look really bad. And then if it's a deep fake, it's like, holy shit, we live in this real weird world where you can have pranksters essentially move global markets with oh, fake yeah. videos. Oh yeah, we're already there, Marty. Like, it doesn't matter if this is a deep fake or not. Like, that's the reality we live in. Oh, by the way, freaks, Marty wanted me to tell you guys that the images of the snot rocket from last week were were a deep fake, and he wholeheartedly denies them. They were not. They're that. Those are not real. That's not real footage. That didn't actually happen. It was simulated by Logan. No, this is fake news. I I will own it. <laughs> I sneezed on camera. There was a big thing of snot dangling from my nose. You got to be able to laugh at yourself. See, but you don't even know what is real. Like are, some people are going to claim that deep fakes were actually them if it's doing something good. So like, like even, I don't even think that can, that's, you know, who even knows? That was the beginning of a gnarly cold. If you can't tell from my voice, I'm still getting it back. And you know, because we had a call the next morning, I had no voice at all. Like I couldn't even speak the next morning. Yeah, I agree with the perfect system. The Marty Oh No, that's what really made it. Oh no. Oh no. Because you can even hear that on the podcast feed. <sighs> yeah, I sneeze. People sneeze. People get colds. I'm human. I'm fallible. Uncle Snotty. I'm not going to try and portray this picture of a perfect person. You know, I'm a, I'm a human. I have flaws. I sneeze every once in a while. Some snot comes out. There's going to be so many deep fakes. Yeah. I will say, by the way, and even less than deep fakes, um, there's going to be so many if if there's probably already have begun. And I don't know if it really changes the incentive structure that much, but like there's going to be a ton of like AI influencers. Um, I mean, but pre AI, like the influencer game was, you know, copying, pasting other people's content and calling it yourself your own anyway. But um like there's going to be so many AI influencers. Like there's, it's, uh, it's just crazy headspace to put yourself in. Does something like Nostra fix this by having a sign from a private key associated with your empire? No, Nostra is cool because of deep fakes. Um, at least like every, every transaction, every transaction, every message, every post by default on Nostra is signed by a private key. So, um, you know, that whoever controls that private key is the one who sent the message, uh, which is a massive step improvement over something like Twitter, where we even saw, what was it like a year ago or something where that hacker got control of major politician accounts and was, was tweeting out, out of their accounts. And that was because they had God user mode, like super user mode at Twitter. And they were able to do that. Um, on Noster, by default, you know, every person has their own private key that they generate and you need to compromise those individual private keys in order to send a message signed by that person. Also, it's extremely difficult to ever remove a message that you send out because it's sent between many relays. And if anyone has any kind of reasonably sized audience, um, those messages are going to be archived by thousands of different servers. Um, so there's actually like cryptographically verifiable record of messages that are sent out and signed by private keys. So that does wonders in deep fake land. Um, you could imagine a situation where 
you know, deep fake Marty Bent comes out and is like, I'm super pro ESG and Austin's going to be the solar capital of the world. And then no one knows if that's really Marty or not. And then Marty uses his, his known Nostra public key and he signs a message with the Nostra private key saying, you know, ESG is a scam and everyone should learn how to call. And then we know that was the accurate message because you were signed by it. But there's obviously, since you control the private key, you can go and use AI and be an AI influencer if you want and not ever craft your own Nostra messages and just have GPT-4, you know, write, write your bents for you and write, write your tweets for you. Doesn't sound too bad, actually. Nah. I don't think, I don't think an AI could ever replicate my writing. Where where my snot rockets? We're, uh, we're about to find out. We'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of you. You've provided a lot of input material. I mean, we were jo- audio. We've audio, been joking about this for years. Text. We've been joking about this for years on the show. You can go watch the tape three or four years ago. We were we were saying that someday in the future, we have all this yeah. audio content. People are just gonna take our voices. And, they can make us say whatever they want us to say. Yeah. Just no freaks. If it's a if it's a uh, bullshit Zoom background, definitely a deep fake. Yeah, you got to have the the aesthetic bookshelf backgrounds. So that's all we have here. There you go. Um, oh, no, I don't have a bookshelf background at the studio, but but back to this uh, pal thing. Deep fake or not, real or not. Um, what was said? I guess people are running with so. I think he came out and admitted, or the AI did, that he's trying to destroy the labor markets and wages uh, to bring down inflation. We knew all of this, though. Yeah, but he he like refused to articulate. I forget who was grilling him on Capitol Hill a couple of months ago, and they were essentially trying to get this out of him, and he refused to say it because he knows deep down you can't say that. Um, so this video is a bit damning, if it is real, that he, that he had the balls. It's probably not real. And does it even matter? Does it even matter? Because most people are going to assume it's real. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if he denies it. The only thing that really changes if for some reason he comes out and is like, yes, that was me, which is that is like almost a 0% chance. But it doesn't matter because most people believe whatever they see on the fucking internet. I mean, you you posted um, the the video was from Sven Heinrich's account. Like one of these FinTwit influencers. That was just after a, f- a quick search. I searched pal prank and that was the first okay. tweet. So I just grabbed But my it. point is my point is 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 he looked at he looked at the video, right? And he probably he's not an idiot. He probably said in his head, This is probably a deep fake. And he didn't give a shit because he, he knew most people wouldn't give a shit whether or not it was a deep fake or not, and he knew he'd get a ton of engagement. So the incentives are all fucking skewed. And that's the same thing happened two days ago or yesterday, whenever the price dumped. It was like most people knew who the fuck gives a shit if the Mt. Gox coins moved. And a lot of people realized right away that the Mt. Gox coins weren't even moving because a bunch of different entities are tracking that shit. And no one cared because it's way better engagement to tweet it out. We had the Unicoin news a week ago that, you know, they they claimed a part. Yeah, they they claimed a, a partnership with the IMF. Anyone with two brain cells, if you read the press release, realizes that it's a fucking fake shitcoin press release announcement. 
but it gets engagement when you tweet it out and most people will just believe it, read the headline and press retweet. Like that's the world we live in. It's going to be fun freaks. It's going to be a lot of fucking fun. It's a sad world. We're going to try and elevate the discourse here and, and try to bring you guys the signal. Okay. We're going to do our best. I don't know how we can make you guys believe that this is actually us in this new brave new world, but we're going to try. And with that in mind, should we get a first Republic? Yeah. I mean, what's to talk about the banks fucking failing. Well, I think there is one thing to bring up, which is <laughs> the meme that this banking crisis is not going to be anywhere near as bad as 2008. And I think that's just horseshit. Like, it's going to be so much worse. Yeah, it seems to be consensus among the financial cognoscenti, if you will. Really? Oh, yeah. They're all like, oh, no. I live my own little bubble. The banks are well capitalized. Like 2008 was a systemic housing crisis. We don't have a housing crisis this time around. This one's um, so much worse. Yeah, we, what would you say? Pretty much every bank, every major bank is insolvent right now. SVB, what did you say was 16th? FRB. They, they preemptively bailed out First Republic Bank and it's still going to fail because they gave them unlimited, basically unlimited loan. Is it technically in receivership? Because that, the, the, the no, rumors I was yet. hearing was that they were shopping around to other banks like, hey, do you guys want to acquire these assets? And Yeah, but what was, I heard was no one wanted to. Yeah, no one wanted it. And then the Fed was saying, we're not going to step in. Um, so They'll sort step of, in. Sort of left them out to hang. Everyone knows they're just going to backstop all this shit. I mean, I'm not, I'm not advocating for you to keep your funds in the fucking bank. If for some reason you still have money in First Republic Bank, either withdraw it as cash or withdraw it as Bitcoin by buying Bitcoin with it. Yeah. Like it's just like even if even if the government backstops it, like you have to imagine there's going to be bureaucracies and delays till you get your money. So like, who wants to deal with that? Just get your money out now. Get it into keys that you control. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they're going to, I mean, they, they, Marty, they literally, the difference between now and 2008 on the government side is they preemptively bailed out every bank in existence. And the 13th largest one is still failing. Yeah. What's the next, uh, any of the European banks, you have Credit Suisse going down, UBS. I, I was called a fucking, I had, I had someone reach out to me and was like, Matt, stop being such a fucking doomer. Why are you doomer, bro? I, what, look, why, why are you trying like to black I'm, pill? I'm, I'm not, I'm not asking for it. I, I, you know, I prefer if our money wasn't broken. I prefer if our banking system wasn't predatory and corrupt. But it is what it is. Like that's the that's that's the world we live in. Yeah. And to bury your head in the sand right now. I mean, I know I don't mention it that much, but they did have this premise in Mandibles that the people that there's like an incentive there there's a there's a human uh, desire to like drown out the bullshit. So like as shit gets worse, what people do is they just don't pay attention. They're just like, I'm going to continue living my life. And if, if you're prepared, you can do that. Right. Like if, if, 
if you understand how, how to use Bitcoin and you're holding Bitcoin and, and you're learning how to use the tools and you're trying to, you know, put your family in a situation where you're relatively self-sustainable and you, you can handle your own, like you can drown all that bullshit out. But if you're a cog in the system, like majority of society, if you're completely reliant on our institutions and you ignore all this bullshit that's happening and you just stick your head in the sand and you say, I'm just going to keep doing my own thing. You're going to get fucking wrecked. Yeah. Like you will get wrecked. Yeah. Completely agree. And the signs are everywhere that they're losing control, whether it's first Republic bank, the deep fake or real video pal this morning. Uh, and then this out of the UK, uh, the bank of England, one of their uh, ministers or whatever came out and said, people in the UK need to accept they're poor. The Bank of England is telling UK citizens to have fun staying poor. Uh, they literally are sort of throwing their hands up and saying, hey, like this is just the way things are now. We've printed too Do much money. Do you know money. this guy, Walter Bloomberg, has me blocked on Twitter? What'd you do to him? Do you all caps? It was during Caps Odell and I responded to him in all caps and he blocked me. Yeah. But he only tweets in all caps. Yeah, I mean, he's like one of those like breaking. pretty hypocritical. Breaking. Yeah, I mean, I have problems with all these breaks. Like, he's never posted a source in his life. I think he, I think it's literally a bot that just scrapes Bloomberg headlines. Then why the bot's named Walter? You gotta personify the bot. Make people think it's a human. It can't be a bot because bots don't block people who respond. No. Well... It's de- I mean, the tweets are definitely wrong in the script. He's not writing these out because they come out almost immediately as they hit the Bloomberg. Terminal. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's got he's got his tweets without a source on the script, and then he's manually blocking people. Yeah, Walter. Okay. Well, Walter, if you're listening to this, Marty would love to have you on the pod, and I would like to tell you to kindly go fuck yourself. I actually don't have any interest of having you on the pod, Walter. But if 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 Walter moves to Noster, he won't be able to block me. That's true. Commute you though, but others will see your response. Yeah, he can't block me. The point is, and then going back to Powell too. Like again, <laughs> there's signs, there's signs here that they're losing control, and Powell, regardless of what he said on that, what he thought to be personal phone call with Zelensky, like he's articulated this, like we need to bring inflation down, we're going to raise rates to do it, and I don't think that's the way they're going to curb inflation. It's actually going to exacerbate inflation. And we have a great example of this over in Argentina. I don't know if you have that on the list. Uh, do you have Argentina on the list? No. Um, but they hit a hundred percent inflation year on year um, last month. And then it became apparent earlier this week that they don't have any more. They literally like since their currency's fucked, since the peso is fucked, all their citizens have like, dual dollar accounts in Argentina and they've been using yeah, the dollar accounts they dollar, and they don't have enough dollars <laughs> to um, support the demand that the Argentines have for four dollars so they had to come out and say hey we don't have any dollars you're not going to get them um, and then they duly announced I mean the government treasury also holds a bunch of dollars because like they've gone through hyperinflation so many times and so I, I believe that their uh, their trade with China now is going to go with yuan because they can't 
which is, by the way, is it, it's a different twist on the same story of, of international trade moving away from the dollar. Because in this case, it's they want to use the shitcoin. <laughs> they want to use yuan instead of dollars because they actually treasure the dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked. But the point I was trying to make there, they've had 100% inflation over the last year and their interest rates are at 80%. And so this idea that Powell thinks that by raising interest rates, we're going to be able to curb inflation here. I mean, there's plenty of data outside the US that, that says that's not the silver bullet to kill inflation. And I, I think just anecdotally here in Texas, when I went home to Philly in early April, I was gone for three weeks. I came back before I left. Gas prices were under three bucks at like two ninety four. I came back there right now. They're at like three forty, so they're they were up like ten to fifteen percent in a month period. As Powell's raising rates, the curb inflation doesn't seem to be working, particularly in oil and gas markets, and it's arguably one of the largest. Um, expenses that, that Americans have is gas to fill their cars, to run their businesses, whatever it may be. Um, and so I think this idea, this notion that the Fed can just keep raising rates to curb inflation is flawed. I think it can actually raise inflation because when you raise those rates, you raise the cost of capital to go do anything throughout the economy to produce goods and services that the American citizens want to, to buy and leverage. And if the cost of capital is high, the cost to produce those goods and services is increased. They're going to pass that on to consumers. That's something we may be seeing. And you have to hope that you can destroy the job market faster than that elevated interest rate raises prices for everybody. And it doesn't seem like that's happening. Stay humble stack sets freaks. On to some better news. <clears throat> hey, before we go on, Logan, can you just pull up the tweet that I sent you? This is the one that did it. Wait, scroll up. Can you scroll up? Cryptocurrency exchange Kraken says recent run-up in volumes far exceed anticipated increases in demand up over 5K. He blocked, he blocked me for a not your keys, not your coins, withdraw and secure your Bitcoin tweet. Maybe he didn't want people going to your site. Maybe he wanted people going to his Twitter page, you know? But look, it's a hashtag sad squeeze. Uh, I'm, hashtag sad squeeze is going to happen again, freaks. Yes, That's 2021. Is. I haven't seen any of his tweet. I haven't seen any of his tweets since February 2021. It's been over two years. Yeah, the sad squeeze is upon us. I think we're in the middle of hyperinflation. I'll just say that. Moving on to the list, important stuff happening in the space. I agree, Marty. I agree. Important things happening in the space. This is good to see. Still pretty fucked situation, but Tornado Cash developer uh, Alexei Pertsev uh, uh, was freed in pending trial. He's on house arrest. He's got uh, one of those bracelets on his ankles, but he's out of jail. Um, About damn time. This dropped like well, as we were recording last week, so he should be out. Um, so he's with his wife. And he was arrested in August. Remind you, freaks. He's an open source developer uh, that maintained the Tornado Cash project, which was an Ethereum privacy project. Um, 
And uh, the Dutch government have been holding him without bail uh, for over a year now, I believe. No, it's August. September, uh, since so August. Under a year, eight months. And their argument, their argument is that he's been a flight risk, which is, which is, it's key. It's just, it's, it's important for freaks to be aware of this because this is an argument we're going to hear used against many Bitcoiners is that Bitcoiners are inherently a flight risk and it's a bullshit argument. I'm not going anywhere. That's good. And they're able to say that we're a flight risk because the way in which you can secure Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies via hardware wallets and private keys. Because they say you can't prove you you can't prove that you don't own more Bitcoin that you're not telling us about. Yes. Which you literally can't prove that. So it's just it's it's a blank check excuse that anyone and and by the way, like you know, there's 20 million of us right now, but like this in a post Bitcoin world, corrupt governments can use this against pretty much anybody. Cause I mean, it can be argued that anyone right now can, most people can get access to Bitcoin and there's no way to prove if they did or not. To our FBI agents listening, we love you guys. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. Know that I said that. Um, so that I mean, it, it's good to see that uh, that he's out of jail at least, pending trial. He's on house arrest, so still somewhat uh, constrained to what he could do. But he's not behind bars in a cage, and like Matt said, he's an open source developer. He's making privacy tools for people. I don't think he should be held culpable for writing code that's open source that anybody can write code is language code is speech. This is going to be a big fight. This, this, this case will set a big precedent over, uh, in Europe where he's being held. He's in the Netherlands, right? That's where this case will go. Yep. Yeah. I guess with that, my maybe a good segue, not the next topic we have on the list, but, um, the, the fund that is defending developers, the Bitcoin Legal Defense Fund, is backing 13 developers fighting uh, Craig Wright. And so not exactly the same as Alex's situation, but obviously Craig Wright has been very litigious in suing developers for working on Bitcoin uh, and pushing code to Bitcoin Core, trying to claim that he has copyright domain over the repository since he's claiming to be Satoshi, which we all know he's likely not. Um, but he, no, he's even going further than that. He's saying that any open source developer is liable for the code they write. So he's saying that Bitcoin core developers are basically liable for anything that happens on the Bitcoin network, yeah. which is an extremely dangerous precedent. It's very disgusting. So shout out to the Legal Defense Fund for coming to the aid of these 13 developers. And we've talked about this in the past. This is a pretty chilling effect on the Bitcoin development community because a lot of these individuals are writing code out of the goodness of their own heart. They're very passionate about Bitcoin and they just want to contribute and they're finding themselves in a position where 
this insane person is forcing them to, to spend exorbitant amounts of money on legal fees and actually have to show up to court and defend themselves, which is insane in my mind. Yeah, it's batshit crazy. Yeah. But we live in an insane clown world, so it we is did. not surprising. Yeah. Speaking of insane clown world, you'd have to be insane to continue running Trust Wallet. Not sure if you freaks saw this, but it came out earlier this week that every wallet generated uh, with Trust Wallet's browser extension wallet <clears throat> could have been drained. The way they set up their private keys was terribly insecure. You could essentially take the public key and uh, uh, get the private key out of that by throwing it. So Trust Wallet horrible name for a wallet, um, is a self-custody wallet that is owned by Binance. Um, if you listen to my dispatch, civil dispatch with uh, Sergey of BitRefill, um, it is surprisingly heavily used. So like us Bitcoiners, especially in bear markets, we like to argue about the trade-offs of all these different wallets and which wallet is the best wallet and which wallet is the worst wallet, yada, yada, yada. Well, the majority of people use way shittier wallets uh, that we never really talk about. Um, one of those wallets is Trust Wallet. And you can you can see this firsthand by if you search Bitcoin wallet in any of your app stores, whether it's on Android or iPhone, um, most of the wallets that come up on the top of searches, some of them you probably have never even heard of. Th those wallets are, are the ones that are used the most. Now, Trust Wallet um, predominantly is mobile wallet. Uh, so this does not affect the mobile wallet. I will say the mobile wallet is is absolutely a piece of shit. Uh, it doesn't even give you fresh Bitcoin addresses and doesn't support Lightning. Um, but yeah, it uses a static Bitcoin address. But people, one of the reasons people like Trust Wallet is because it supports all the shit coins. Obviously, it supports Binance Smart Chain, like Solana, Ethereum, all that bullshit. All the DEXs, it supports all the DEXs and whatnot. Well, anyway, they came out with an extension uh, in November. Uh, for your for your browser, um, which by the way, not a great idea to use a, a browser extension as it's obviously a hot wallet and it's connected to what's literally like a you know directly internet connected fucking application on your on your computer. Um, but they came out with this browser extension, and all credit has to go to the Ledger Donjon team. Ledger Ledger Hardware Wallet has this team that just tries to break wallets and does security research. And they actually figured out this vulnerability within three days and disclosed it to the Trust Wallet team within three days. And then the Trust Wallet team actually fixed it um, by November 21st. So they, they fixed it almost almost a week later. It looks like they had their app updated by the end of the month, but they waited to disclose it because they needed people to cycle into the new wallets um, to the point where when they disclosed it this week, uh, there was only $80,000 left in it. So this is a vulnerability that could have affected millions of dollars of funds because Ledger figured it out and publicly disclosed it. Uh, it didn't. And I would just add one last thing. Like the way this vulnerability worked was when you're generating a secure private key, you want truly random data in order to secure that private key. And this is why some of the best wallets allow you to add your own randomness so you don't just trust their randomness. You can even do your own, but if you do your own randomness, you might fuck it up. Like it not, needs to actually be random for it to be secure. Otherwise, the private key can get brute forced. 
Um, and they, they used insecure randomness. Um, and as a result, all, all Wallace generated with that randomness or lack of randomness uh, could be brute force and swept. Yeah, it only had, what, 32 bits of entropy. And so all a hacker had to do yeah. to recreate your private key was get one of the public addresses associated with it. So if you ever, if you had like a donate button and they were able to get a, a public key that you thought they were going to donate to, they could plug that in and get your private key and sweep your funds. Um, so terribly insecure. Uh, I do not recommend browser wallets at all. Uh, if you are using them, I mean, yeah. I, like light, there's lightning browser wallets. I do use Albi, but I keep very minimal funds in there at all times. A browser wallet should never be your go-to wallet. Uh, but I will say that in this particular situation, uh, it, the fact that it was a browser extension was, is not why it was vulnerable. Like no. this could have been this, you, you could have generated these same keys offline. You still would have gotten fucked. Um, just be aware freaks. Yes. Cryptography, it's not easy. And you think Binance would, would understand this. And then it has to have you question like, all right, what's Binance's like hot wallet infrastructure? How secure is that actually? They're offering a product like this. I mean, look, don't Binance, like they, they do shotgun KYC, like they can seize your funds at will. They can take your money, major rug pull risk, you know, self-custody, learn how to hold your own keys, learn how to do it securely, practice, practice, practice. All that said, you know, there's a pretty big open bounty out there if if their hot wallet infrastructure is insecure. Like yeah. they must be, I, I can't even imagine what their, like what, what their team sees in terms of attacks. They probably get attacked like thousands of times a day. It's like, yeah. it's, it's like the number one place to attack. Yeah. I mean, Jevy and Bitcoin checkmark do make a good point in the comments. Imagine only having 32 bits of entropy. Hard to chalk this up to ignorance. That's what Jevy said. And Bitcoin checks at dev incompetence slash malice. I mean, it is pretty. Definitely not. How? Well, first of all, why would they fix it when they got told? And then it's just, it's just too, it's like if they want to do a backdoor, they can do backdoors plenty of other ways. Like, it's just, I, I think this is just straight incompetence. And then in turn running the uh, trust wallet integration. Yeah, I mean, this has happened. This has happened plenty of times in Bitcoin's history. It just hasn't happened recently. Yeah. Well, I really think this was, I mean, freaks are welcome to speculate however they want to speculate. But uh, I think, um, I mean, I think this is a clear case of incompetence. Yeah. I think this is a clear case of incompetence and 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 uh, like poor priorities, right? I mean, they support thousands of shit coins, and they can't even get basic Bitcoin support on their wallet. I mean, they have, I guess, the most basic Bitcoin support, but it's horrible. Um. Yeah, and on this tip too, look and pull up the tweet. Apparently over in ETHLAND, there's got to be a bug in a smart contract or something. Um, it's not just ETH, though. No, it's not. But She was some... saying like Litecoin's, Litecoin's getting swept. Other things are getting swept, too. Yeah, I think this is different than the Trust Wallet. Um, but Tevano on Twitter posted, for the past 48 hours, I've been unwinding a massive wallet trading operation. I don't know how big it is. But since December 2022, it's drained 5,000 plus ETH. 
and a number of tokens and NFTs and coins across 11 chains. It's wrecked my friends and OGs who are reasonably secure. No one knows how. Um, then if you look at the quote tweets, there's a lot of people who saw this tweet and then went to go change their wallet infrastructure only to find that their wallets have been drained already. Um, I will say that Tay uh, is one of the founders of MetaMask. No, she's one of the founders of my Ether wallet. Um, and like, I mean, if, if she's saying this, like I, like I respect what she says. Um, so like, it's not, it's not bullshit. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's something like, uh, people kept their seeds in LastPass. Don't keep your seeds in, in, in a password manager, especially an online password manager, but like LastPass got hacked. It's something like that because it's across 11 chains. So it's like. I mean, I think it would be pretty obvious that they all generated because uh, I'm, I'm assuming it seems when you read this thread, it, it seems like she's done a, a, a decent amount of research behind the scenes before she tweeted this out, like months worth of research. Um, and if, if they all generated their same seeds in the same spot, it would have to be a multi-coin wallet. And it would probably be pretty obvious that they all generated it. And she said there's no clear consistency among the thefts. So my guess is it's gotta be, it's gotta be where they're storing their seeds. Yeah. Keep your seeds offline freaks, even just pen and paper, just, you know, write it on a post-it note. Yeah. Don't, I mean, you steal <laughs> something redundant, but even that is better than like, don't, you know, don't take a screenshot or write in Apple notes or email it to yourself. Email is incredibly insecure. Don't, yeah. you know, just keep it simple, offline storage. Be aware, be aware. No, this because it's something we talked a lot about in the past. I know we just talked about Trust Wallet, but like the whole security mindset of people over in Ethereum world is completely ass backwards. They're completely comfortable with browser wallets and probably think leaving keys and encrypted storage services is, is good enough. Uh, it seems like people are getting, getting rugged because of that. So be aware if you're still holding your shit coins. If you have your seed phrase in a cloud encrypted cloud somewhere, uh, you probably want to spin up a new private key offline and move your funds there. Nothing yeah. It's not enough to just don't press the, like if you press the delete button on Google drive, like it's not deleted. You create a new wallet, send your money to the new wallet, do it the appropriate way. Yeah. Yeah. Be aware, freaks. Be aware. Everybody's trying to get your Bitcoin. And they're trying to get your yeah. shit coins to turn it into Bitcoin. Oh, one interesting part of that that we did leave out is uh, the scammers or the hackers or whatever you want to call them that is stealing all this money, they're, they're converting it to Bitcoin and then they're holding the Bitcoin. Yeah. So just... Keep that in mind. Some signal there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some signal there. Um, this is pretty cool. Very interested to hear your thoughts on this. The Tor project wants to implement a proof-of-work protocol over introduction circuits to make it harder to spam the network. This is great. Um, they've been talking about this for a while. Uh, basically, like Tor is not set up to handle spam. Um, 
so the the way they historically have handled spam is they literally have a centralized um, ban list that they just they just ban people and keep it on the centralized list of anyone who's attacking the network. Um, obviously, that doesn't scale. Obviously, that is not censorship resistant at all. Um, so what they're proposing here, uh, and it's been a proposal for a while, um, but this is like the most formal version that we've seen yet, is is that when you use the Tor network, your computer is going to do a little bit of work. So it's different than, it's it's similar to Adam Back's Hashcash, uh, more similar to that than it is to Bitcoin's proof of work. Um, there's no like difficulty adjustment or anything. It's just your computer needs to expend some resources. So there's some cost to doing a request rather than it being costless right now. Um, and as a result, it should be a little bit more resistant to spam than it currently is. It's, it's not a, I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect solution, right? Everything has trade-offs, but yeah, uh, I wonder how long it'll still be spam. You brought up Hashcash, like Hashcash, since it didn't have a difficulty adjustment, it basically became worthless because it's so easy to create. Yeah, but you can't have a difficulty adjustment in this situation. Yeah. Because, like, you want every person to be able to use Tor. Yeah, and if you have a difficulty adjustment, it gets harder to find. Not everybody's going to have the compute power to do that, so. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this affects Tor. Shout out to them for innovating. Shout out to you, the CIA. This is the right direction. This is this is the direction we want to see this project going into, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some other good news. Telegram. There's, yeah. What were you gonna say? There's there's something to be said. I I would you know, there's something to be said about these types of networks using lightning payments to reduce spam. Yeah. by putting a cost to it with sats um think about it the government's gonna have to implement bitcoin into their their privacy browser <laughs> <laughs> that would be but see that would this be is the one of the reasons this is one of the reasons why like at at the core level like tor was just not built to you know really robust standards is because it had the blessing of the U.S. government, so you didn't have to deal with the ultimate threat actor, right? Which is the U.S. government attacking your network. And they might be right now. Yeah. Um, this is really cool to see from Telegram. Two really cool things from Telegram this week. First one is this wallet. I didn't know this. So this Telegram group wallet news. Um, it allows you to trade cryptocurrencies. I think, it, like I think it's like a marketplace, but now they've officially implemented a wallet, so you can do it directly in Telegram. Is this what's going on? Well, they've they've finally implemented Bitcoin. It supported shitcoins already. Uh -huh. um, it's a little bit funny because technically, it's being advertised as not a Telegram project. It's an independent bot that happens to have the at wallet handle, and it's being run by the the Ton Foundation, which is Telegram's coin that they got slapped on the wrist for. So Telegram coin had to be not integrated into Telegram. And Daruv, the founder of Telegram, I believe stepped down from the foundation. Yeah. He might still be in charge of the foundation, but the foundation is the one who created this bot and they happen to have at wallet. 
So this could be treated as, in for in reality's sake, this can be treated as Telegram's own in-house crypto wallet that includes Bitcoin. It's custodial, but it allows, it has P2P trading in a custodial fashion, and they have different levels of KYC depending on what your fiat payment method is. Um, but Telegram has 700 million active users every month, um, massive in the developing world, in Latin America, Africa. So this, this is a big deal. This yeah. is a really big deal. And it's, it's, like I said, it should be treated as like essentially the official Telegram wallet. And it's the first major messaging app to, and you know, we've speculated in the past, like one of the Facebook was so obsessed with trying to yeah. launch a competitor to the Fed and launching their own shitcoin. Um, when they really, in, in actual, in, in reality, like the smartest thing for them to do would have been just adding a Bitcoin wallet to WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. Because um, that's where most of the P2P transactions are happening right now anyway, is in all of these Messenger clients. Um, and Telegram has, has been, and to be clear, I don't want them to do that. They'd also be one of the largest chain surveillance firms in, in the world instantly if they added Bitcoin support to WhatsApp. Um, but yeah, Telegram has, has officially added it. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, it does open up the market. And so the KYC is, I believe if you use a debit card, you have to it disclose scales. some information. Um, it is pretty cool to see. And again, like I said, two cool pieces of news out of Telegram this week. Another, which is a bit alarming uh, in the sense that the governments are becoming more and more despotic, but Telegram officially has to leave Brazil because the, the Telegram company refused to give up information on their Brazilian users to the government. Yeah, uh, Brazil in general, the government in Brazil is, is going after privacy and free speech uh, in a significant way. Um, they're using neo-Nazis as the scapegoat. There's too many Nazis on Telegram. Give us the information. Yeah, look, I'm not Brazilian, um, but supposedly there was some attack that that has been attributed to neo-Nazis, and they were allegedly using Telegram. So um, that is the basis of this. I will say, regardless of those individuals, like it's usually a very slippery slope. Um, but this is why it's important to have protocols and tools in place where you can't hand over information anyway. Um, and Telegram is not in that situation. Telegram can hand over information. Um, they're just choosing not to. Yeah. Which is, I mean, good on them. Cause that's the thing. Terrible if people got attacked and, Neo-Nazis were involved, but it's a slippery slope. If you give up the neo-Nazi information, you got to give up. Hey, somebody called somebody fat. We're going to need their information. It's a slippery slope. It's cool to see Telegram hold the line here. I mean, there's been a lot of speculation about how they're securing the data, whether or not they are, whether they're sharing it. I mean, this is anecdotal evidence that, at least in this case, they're refusing to cooperate with the government. So I think that's a win. What are your thoughts? I will say the bigger story is all the other social media platforms that have not been banned in Brazil. Yeah. I saw you tweeting that out. Carlos is saying Telegram is unencrypted. It means they, now. It, 
You can you can have encrypted uh, chat. You have to set up the, the private chat. Yeah, but also Telegram by default uses uh, it's encrypted between their server and you. So it's not end to end encrypted, but like you still need Telegram to disclose the information if you're not in a group or whatever. Yeah. Um, like yeah, it's the difference between encryption and end to end encryption. It's encrypt. Yeah. It's encrypted between by default. It's encrypted between client and server, which to the end user should not fucking matter, but. Carlos is because it should be considered unencrypted because Telegram can see everything and they can just hand that information over, obviously. But Carlos is saying Telegram is unencrypted, so couldn't they just capture the traffic at the ISP level? But they can't in that situation because it's encrypted between client and server. Yeah. The tools. Speaking of Noster, Coinster's out. This is a cool way to coordinate multi sig wallets. It's a Bitcoin multi-custody signature orchestration. Um, if you know um, things like Nunchuck, Caravan, Unchain's open, open source coordinator. It seems like this is a competitor to that. How do you coordinate actually gathering signatures and, and the backups? You need tools for that. And so it looks like there's a Noster native tool now, Coinster. Yeah, there's all these things that are going to be enabled by Noster as just an interoperable communication protocol that are not social media. That I, It's just hard to comprehend them. So it's really cool seeing all these new tools update. Um, yeah. Uh, I would just like our... Uh, we have a lot of software updates on the list today. And um, we're going to be covering uh, Noster updates as well in that those updates. Yeah. And I thought, am I, was I dreaming? But I thought I saw Ben the Carman put out, um, a Noster project for transaction broadcasting. I can't find yeah, it. I reposted that today, but I don't have it on the list. It's on my Noster profile. Let me just check real quick. Oh, I shared it on Noster. I'm looking on Twitter. Um, pull up Thomas. There it is. Ephemeral Bitcoin transaction broadcasting. I'm putting it in our message chat. Yes, this is really cool. Nip 89. Nip 89. This is to coordinate broadcasting your Bitcoin transactions. Yeah, so it's a tool that listens to Nostra relays for Bitcoin transaction events and broadcasts them to the Bitcoin network. Um, so you generate a set of Nostra keys that creates a Nostra client, adds multiple relays, connects to the relays, and then subscribes to Bitcoin transactions with a custom event kind, 28333 from the relays. And so it listens for incoming Bitcoin transactions and decodes them and then broadcasts the decoded transactions to, mempo- to the mempool.space API. So this is a more private way to broadcast your transactions. It's essentially relays broadcasting on your behalf. Yeah. So it's better from a privacy perspective because you're broadcasting transactions. Yeah, it's weird. Why? It's, I know. I mean, uh, Bitcoin privacy is weird that way because you unequivocally get better Bitcoin privacy if you, when you're checking your received transactions, if you use your own node. Um, but when it comes to broadcasting transactions, there's a strong argument to broadcast from other people's nodes. Um, particularly if your node isn't Tor only and Tor is getting spammed all the time. So it's hard to have a Tor only node. Um, so yeah, this makes it easier. A lot of ways people currently do it is like there's open APIs for Blockstream, I believe mempool. 
um, and a couple others where you can broadcast through their nodes. Um, but they could conceivably be keeping logs. Obviously, you can connect through a VPN or Tor to do that. Um, but this is cool. Yeah. For ultimate privacy, if you're going to be doing this, it probably makes sense to spin up a particular MPUB for your transaction broadcasting and not to do it from the... Yeah, don't like reuse the same MPUB over and over again. Yeah. Um, That's that you bring up a key issue with this as a as yeah. a choice. Um, they'll all be linked together. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it's probably not really there yet. It's, it's a very, I think on Noster, he said he did it in an hour. I hacked it together in an hour, right? Which is cool that you can do that. Um, cause Noster is so simple, but, uh, yeah, but be aware if you're yeah. just sending it from the M pub that you use to like post notes every day, all day that, yeah, that's a bad that, idea. That broadcast message will be held in those relays. Yeah, you're better off just sending it from your own node. I will say, freaks, we get we go really deep here sometimes, and sometimes we stay really shallow. Most of the time we go really deep. Um, yeah, broadcast transaction privacy. Don't like don't kill yourself over it. Don't overthink it too much. Um I, like KYC is the is 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 the big elephant in the room, um, and then I would you know, and then you know on chain privacy and and coin control and and if you haven't even gotten to the coin control step or whatever, like don't uh, look. We, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Don't get overwhelmed. One step at a time. Little things, little improvements. Everything helps. Just don't be naive about it. Just be humble enough to know you need to learn more. Yes. But be aware. Be aware. This stuff exists. <laughs> but also be aware. Yeah. Um, moving on. Cool to see Strike really leading into Send Globally. They launched it in Guatemala this week. Um, and so if you're a Guatemala citizen or a Guatemalan expat, that send money back to your family and friends in Guatemala. You can now do that via strike significantly cheaper than other means like transfer wire and Western union. People still do not understand this product. <laughs> it does not mean that strike that people in Guatemala download strike. This no. is for, this is for family members and friends that are in the United States. And then they, they have a family member or friend in Guatemala the the american based person has strike right so they they download strike they input the relevant information for the guatemalan recipient who does not have strike and they receive their local currency directly through their bank account or through their mobile money or whatever um, as fiat so this is a direct competitor to like a, like as marty said like a western union or a transfer wise and from what I hear on the ground, it's very well received in all these countries that they're they're adding it to, yeah. because there's not many good options to to receive fiat into their countries. Yeah, beware. And uh, I had the pleasure of speaking with somebody who helps strike out with their implementation of Send Globally in Vietnam, and it's really cool to see how quickly, like once 
somebody in one of these countries realizes like how quickly they get the money, how cheap it is. It, it seems like a viral interaction where they're, they're aggressively telling their friends and family, like, Hey, this is the way we need to get money in the country now. And I mean, it's an easy sell, right? Like you yeah. save like 10% or higher on Western union. It's like, and it happens faster. It happens within minutes. You send the money, it's there. Beauty of Bitcoin freaks. Um, already talked to Legal Defense Fund. Uh, Priest Arena, full text Bitcoin blockchain search engine. Yeah, so this is searching opera terms. So you can put text in the opera term of a Bitcoin transaction. And this new project allows you to search those opera terms all time. When do you type it in? What did you just type in? I can't see it. He searched Chancellor. 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 That's a good one. Look, and it came up. There's all these different opportunities. It's pretty quick, too. Wait, wait. Go to, the, go to the one at the bottom of the page. Is that is that the Genesis block? Or was that an opportunity message? That was in the hex code. It wasn't even in. Opportunity probably didn't even exist back then, did it? I don't think so. Yeah. Or I think it did, but it was an opportunity. This was cool to see Nunchuck and Android. Ver- bunch of the the ops, but it was uh, then they trimmed it down. Yeah, there was a bunch of op codes. I have no idea. Um, Doesn't really matter. No. Um, this is cool to see Nunchuck. They launched Advanced Coin Control with their latest update for Android and iOS apps. Uh, it's particularly cool because it's uh, Coin Control for multi-sig, so you can do labeling, uh, pick UTXOs broadcast transactions with particular UTXOs and historically with multi-sig particularly that has been much harder. So to see the nunchuck team get this product out there is really cool. It's going to make, make it easier to use multi-sig more privately and more efficiently. Most importantly, coin control is important. Every wallet should support coin control. If you're afraid of new users being scared of coin control, hide it in advanced toggle or something like that, but you should support it nonetheless. To go a little bit shallower for Marty's explanation of why this is important, every Bitcoin wallet, a lot of the, you know, a Bitcoin wallet like Trust Wallet, a lot of the shitty wallets will just show you just a single balance, right? That's not how the Bitcoin is actually stored in your wallet. It's actually many UTXOs that make up your total balance. And each of those UTXOs has its own balance. So when you send a transaction, when you send a Bitcoin transaction, most wallets will just choose which UTXOs are used for the, the input for that transaction. Coin control lets you choose them. And why, why is that important from a privacy perspective? That's important from a privacy perspective because um, when you, the, the UTXOs that are chose are both on the input side of the transaction they can be assumed to be owned by the same by the same person. So if Marty sends me a transaction and uh, Peter sends me a transaction, if I use both of those inputs in a transaction, then either of them or anyone else who is aware of that transaction can tell that that I own both inputs. And then from an efficiency point of view, um, you just want you you know, you pay a higher transaction fee. Well, when mempools are full and you're not paying one separate byte, 
the majority of your transaction fee is, is based on how many inputs you have in a transaction. So you don't want to have a bunch of small little inputs because then you're trying to send, you know, a million sats and it's 20 UTXOs that are included in it. So you want to know how much, how much, uh, how many sats are in your UTXOs and you, you want to keep them on the higher side from an efficiency point of view and from a privacy point of view, you don't want to combine them. That's why I like fat UTXOs freaks. Also, um, the iOS nunchuck app isn't open source yet. Yeah. Yeah. So a good example of this, like say I want to send Matt 10 million sats. I had three UTXOs, one with seven, one with 7 million, one with 4 million and, and 100 million. Um, sat utxo i'd much prefer to be able to combine the seven and the four to get to the 10 million and get a million and change instead of sending not necessarily why not i mean in some situations you might want not want to link the seven and the four together and you'd be fine with linking the 100 million sat one i'd rather not dox the 100 million sat utxo Right. A lot of wallets will just take that big UTXO and do that one. So yeah. then you're doxing. If you do that one, you're doxing to the receiver that you have 90 million sats left over. Yeah. In the change. Yeah. Very nuanced. Very nuanced. Um, Eric, next up. Eric says, Eric says that privacy maxis need to relax. I will say, first of all, I'm not a maxi. And second of all, I am <laughs> calm, cool, and collected. Just I'm trying to educate myself. here. We're just trying to educate here, Eric. You need to relax. <laughs> Someone's got to fucking talk about it. Will you calm uh, down? Yeah. I will also agree with Finch in the comments that we need better coin control UX. And it's complicated, man. It's it is. Co- I'm aware it's complicated, freaks. But I think it's a solution to that, Finch, is like visualization. People inherently like visualizations. And I know Pedro, um, he had a really cool coin control UX solution where you essentially had like a digital coin purse that visualized your UTXs and their sizes and you click. Yeah. I liked his design, but I will say that like there's a difference between having a really cool Figma design and then actually having it implemented in a wallet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like Pedro's design. I also will say, um, look, Eric, if you want to listen to a show that just tells you to use wallet of Satoshi, you don't have to deal with coin control. You don't even have to deal with self-custody. It just works until you get rugged. This is not the show for you. There's many watch, shows like that. Go watch Bankless. Um, <laughs> what's going on here? The mutiny node. Oh, this so update. this is actually cool. Um, BDK um, and LDK are more libraries, right? You have to kind of like build the implementations yourself as opposed to something like LND or Core Lightning where it kind of has just like a turnkey node. Um, So we're seeing a lot of projects like build their version of what a node would look like using those projects. And we had, I think we reported on it or maybe I was talking about it on NVK show, but uh, Mercury Wallet made their own, and now Mutiny Wallet is making their own. Um, so really cool to see. Uh, it is open source, and other projects can then build off on top of this. Um, 
which is just really great. And the mutiny team just keeps pushing out like these kind of like foundational elements. Um, Did you see the signet they pushed out? So they're they're basically using BDK core um, and they're making like more of a turnkey node implementation off of BDK rather than just like developers have to, you know, use the library themselves. Yeah. Another cool thing, I was actually talking to Tony about it. Earlier this week, they launched their own Signet. So if you're a developer and you want to test out your products before you actually push them live on the mainnet, um, historically you've had two options, testnet, Bitcoin testnet, or Bitcoin Signet. And they're both testnets. One's just called testnet, one's Signet. Um, and it sort of mimics what goes on on-chain predominantly with like how blocks are produced every 10 minutes. And so Tony was telling me they got really frustrated testing waiting for blocks to be produced every 10 minutes. So they spun up their own signet with 30 second blocks. There's been some interesting uh, social aspects of launching that signet. I think there's, there's a lot of people just like draining the signet coins and like hoarding them. Um, but in their case, they wanted, to, they wanted to test quicker. Um, and so they sped up, they spun up their own signet with 30 second blocks. So that's out there. If any of you guys are developing on Bitcoin and testing things and you're not happy with the 10-minute blocks, uh, check out their Signet, and you may need to hit them up for Signet coins too because it seems like there are some people who have been hoarding them. BT Space Server version 1.9.2 has been released, and it seems like it's just a bunch of bug fixes. Um, doesn't seem like any of the bugs were catastrophic, so more UX. If you're running BTC Pay Server, that version is out there. No rush to update. Uh, BitKit version 1.0.0 beta has been released. So BitKit is out there. This is John Carvalho's product. Um, So if you guys are using BitKit, this has been released. Bunch of bug fixes and a refactor. I'm not going to read. You put all these in there, and I'm like naturally just reading the notes. Joinbox. There's a lot of updates. <laughs> Joinbox version 0.7.7 has been released. So if you're using Joinbox, interact with Join Market. Go check that out. Nothing really in the uh, the notes there. LDK. Most version. people that use Joinbox do it through Raspberry Blitz, and so it'll just auto update through. Well, you the update gets pushed through Raspberry Blitz. Yeah. And if you're running LDK. The Rust Lightning implementation version 0.0.115 has been released. Um, doesn't seem like there's anything critical there. Coin Tools version 0.11.0 has been released. You got to pay to Taproot account compatibility. Did Taproot? Chain Tools. Oh, Chain Tools, not Chain Tools. Chain Tools. So if you're using that, that update is out there. You can use Taproot now. Version 0.0.8. What is this? Current app? The current. It's called current, yeah. There's so many new projects. So hard to keep up with. Yeah, this one's a Nostra one. Um, It's the most significant update to current so far. They've added uh, user badges and core functionality like custom relay management. Now users can decide whether they want to stick to our recommended relay list or curate their own and sync across clients. 
Seems like a pretty good idea. Ellen Bitch version 0.10.4 has been released. I just huge shout out to Ben Ark and everyone else working on Ellen Bits. That that project has just become an absolute juggernaut. There's so much functionality in there. Yeah. You get, you get emotional about it. We are There's um, so much functionality in there. <laughs> we're we're currently in the planning stages for a lightning summit at Bitcoin Park in July. Um and there's so many different cool lightning things you can do with Ellen Bits. It just constantly just goes back to Ellen Bits over and over again. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Cali Cali BTC is also killing it at Ellen Bits. Yeah. Shout out to the Ellen Bits team. Shout out to everybody working on this stuff. Um Amethyst version zero point three seven point two has been released. And there is something to talk about here. What's how going do, on? With- how do you pronounce it? I don't know. Amethyst. Yeah, it's a horrible name. Great project, horrible name. So this is the Android client for for Noster. I think it's on iPhone too, but yeah, it's the big Android one right now. There's a big war going on with the pictures. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's yeah, um, it's it's how they're how they're broadcasting images on Amethyst. and um, it was interesting because uh, Vitter was trying to like convince uh, Will JB fifty five of Domus to go along with him because he's like, as long as the two of us do it, like the rest of the protocol, like every all the other clients are going to have to do it too. And Will basically pushed back, said no. Um, but I will say that. Uh, Nasser is an open interoperable protocol. Uh, clients are going to choose to implement different things. Uh, relays are going to choose to implement different things. There's no global consensus like Bitcoin. Uh, and there's no money on the line. So it should get really, I think this is like the first, this is the first little, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a first taste that the honeymoon period is over. And I think there's going to be some really interesting and exciting innovations and also fights as the Nostra protocol gets de- gets developed. It was getting um, a little ugly earlier this week. Yeah, it's it's this is just a taste. Yeah. But like wait till wait till like <clears throat> A16Z comes in and puts 150 million dollars behind some some client uh, that wants to do things their own way or whatever. Uh, things are going to get things are going to get really interesting, but I think ultimately the end user is going to win, um, and it should be cool to see how it all plays out. Agreed. Um, there's a lot going on, in Oster. It's happening very quickly. Parker's still uh, Rob Hamilton, uh, one of our newest national members at the park, is asking how he can get a Bitcoin park hat. Um, Rob, this is actually sample number one, um, but we will get you a hat. I, I won't want to. Oh, speaking of hats, I've been telling the freak I'm going to wear it for weeks now. I'm going to put it on. Give me a second, let me rip the stickers off. Get the tag off. That's we got. We got hats now. What is that? The Marty Jones, Marty fan, Jones club. fan club. Yeah. 
I love it. Um, yeah, our, our merch strategy at the park is basically like, I'm going to create exclusive merch just for members. So Rob, you'll get one. Hell yeah. Um, balance of Satoshi version zero, or excuse me, 15.2.1 has been released. It's Alex Bosworth's project and others. Um, so if you're using balance of Satoshi, that exists now. Um, and you had an old version in there. What happened here? You have version 15.0.0, but the latest version is 15.2.1. Well, it looks like he released like three versions in a day, so that's what happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 0.0 came out last week, then three days ago, 0.1. Yesterday, 1.0. Yesterday, 1.1. 20 hours ago, 2.0. And four hours ago, (laughs) (laughs) 2.1. We try our best here. We try our best. Um, ba ba Blue Wallet version six point four point one has been released. And with that this in mind, this has Bit forty seven reusable payment codes. Massive. With that in mind, too, I think absolutely the, massive. I think the deadline to sweep your sats out of the Blue Wallet custodial Lightning Wallet is in three days. It's the thirtieth, isn't it, of this month? I bet I wouldn't be surprised if people are having trouble removing funds. But remove your funds if you can, freaks. I believe the deadline is the 30th of this month. So you've got. It's two- really brutal, man, when these custodial lightning wallets close down. Cause it's like, even when they try and do it in a responsible way, like if they don't have liquidity to your route, then you can't withdraw. Like an on chain transaction always fucking works. I saw an interesting proposal by Francis. And, and, you know, I fucking love Fiat Jeff, right? But a similar thing happened when he tried to close Ellen Transaction Bot. And Francis had an interesting tweet, which was, Francis um, yeah, that if you're going to do an on chain, if you're going to do a custodial lightning wallet, which you probably shouldn't do, but if you're going to do one, you should have each user give you an on chain address. So if at any given time you want to shut down the wallet, you just literally just send all their funds to their on chain address and just say, fuck it. I'm done. I'm out. You know? Um, but in this case, you can't do that and same with Alan transaction bot. So they're like sitting on users withdrawing their lightning funds. And then sometimes they don't have liquidity to their node or to their other custodial wallet. Cause people just hot potato between custodial wallets. It seems. Um, yeah. Or like I see Carlos, like sometimes like there won't be liquidity to Phoenix because it's a very popular option for people that aren't running their own nodes and doesn't want to hot potato to a, a custodial wallet. So they, they they run Phoenix, but Phoenix is to async is async's node. So like if async doesn't have liquidity from one of these custodial wallets that's shutting down, then you're and and that liquidity gets dried up if everyone's sending to it. It's a little bit of a mess. Yeah, I'm looking for Francis's it. thread because it was a good thread. But yeah, and he said he's implemented that at um at Bull Bitcoin. He has users give him an yeah, address. They don't have a custodial wallet. It's like. Yeah, his is yeah, like if they get rugged by the government, it's like they have like a just send it type button. No, it's it's if they're it's if they're so they have the way bull Bitcoin works is you send fiat and you just immediately get credited Bitcoin, no custodial wallet by default. But on chain, that's super easy because you can always send. But if there's liquidity issues with the Lightning inv- invoice you provide. Then he has like a he makes you give them give him a fallback on chain address is my understanding, 
but he doesn't have a custodial wallet. No. Um, which actually um, brings up an interesting point. Very unrelated to what we're discussing now, but I'm just thinking of um, like bug out buttons for Bitcoin companies, particularly Bitcoin mining. And Lyle Pratt tweeted this out last night. And I just thought this was something that many people should think of, particularly in the mining okay. industry. I love this. I still think that large public Bitcoin miners should rig their ASICs to be able to remotely self-destruct via on-chain signal via custom firmware is, completely eliminate the, the risk of state-sponsored confiscations. This is the type of bullshit. adversarial thinking I like. No, it isn't. This is like bullshit. I, you know, I, I, I love you, Lyle. Nothing but respect. This is four bong rips send tweet kind of tweet. Like this is like I love All this the idea. Mining companies. Okay, well, Marty, if you do that, you're going to fucking jail. You know, so I think me going to jail is, is worth Bitcoin surviving. I if 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 jail is in your threat model as a public miner, there's a lot of other things you can do besides destroying your miners. Yeah, I do not. I just, this, this is not. This is clear. not in the. This it doesn't make any. It doesn't make logical sense. It's like a. It's it's. So, like, the government is seizing your miners. This is some cypherpunk shit. The government is seizing your miners, so you destroy them. Well, the, the idea guess, would be like, that the government, gets, they're not seizing them, they're taking them over to attack the network. Right. Yes. I just, I don't think it really, it doesn't line up. What do you mean? Because, well, first of all, most of the miners are going to do everything possible to make sure that they're not seized in the first place because they'll just be regulatory captured, which is what we're witnessing right now. Yeah. Um, but if they're willing, to, like, if they're willing to go through that, they're, if they're willing to go to that level, then there's other options available to them. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, if, I guess, like, in this random hypothetical where, like, that's the only option they have then that, you know, kind of makes sense. Yeah. But like also like what, like, is the government going to actually operate the miners? Are they going to maintain the miners? Like, no, they're going to have the turncoats do all that shit. And their turncoats are going to want their stock price to stay up. And like the amount of cuckery that goes with any publicly traded company is already fucking insanely high levels. But okay, yeah. They're going to install a backdoor kill switch, whatever. And then someone else said in the in the comments was like, well, it would have to be, it couldn't be internet connected because they would just cut the internet before they seized your miners. And the idea is in the firmware, you're like, hey, if you see this transaction with this data, blow up. Yeah, it'd be nice to get some open source firmware. It would be. It would be. Um... That's a good point too, Carlos. If your mine self-destructs and they have more miners on hand, then it just makes it easier for the government to mine Bitcoin. Look, I think it would be amazing if Foundry just killed all their miners. Well, they don't have, they, I don't think they, yeah, they probably do have some. They should just ship firmware. Sort. They should just ship firmware to all their uh, users and then just. I mean, firmware has had a backdoor in it before. I mean, Ampliate existed. 
those of you freaks who are unaware, back in like 2016, it became apparent that Bitmain was shipping their machines with firmware backdoors that could remotely shut off the machines from anywhere in the world. Let's be honest. Like, what's the reality? The reality is that publicly traded Bitcoin miners are going to get a list of transactions that they're not allowed to include in their blocks, and they're just not going to include them. I mean, arguably it already happens with like the OFAC compliant list. Yeah. But with that being said too, some of the <laughs> Bitcoin has moved from those blacklisted OFAC list and been included in blocks. So um, beware freaks. We got on this when we were talking about blue wallet next up on the software update list is L and D version 0.16.1 beta. It's a minor release contains a number of important bug fixes and optimizations. So we're running L and D go check it out. Maybe they listened last week and heard your, uh, your beef about channels just randomly shutting down. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> didn't. Nip 94 merge file sharing on Noster. It's a pretty big deal. I haven't looked into this. Uh, the purpose of the nip is to allow an organization and classification of shared files so that relays can filter and organize in any way that is of interest with that multiple types of file sharing clients can be created. File sharing. Pretty big use case. It's not expected to be implemented by social clients that deal with kind one notes or by long form clients that deal with kind uh, 323 articles. So that's like Abla, Damas. Um, so this will be a new different, a new type of client that presents particular kind of notes, uh, file sharing notes. File sharing on Noster. Bitcoin hardware wallets overview from Unchained. This is a great guide. They did a really good job. Give it a read. I like their charts. Anil, fucking legend. Yeah, there's a lot of wallets on here too. Go check that out. Um, the UK's online safety bill takes aim at end-to-end -end encryption. Guess what? The governments are back and they don't want you communicating privately with other individuals trying to kill encryption. And this is a, an open letter from WhatsApp basically saying, hey, UK government's trying to force us to make it so you can't communicate in an encrypted fashion. Yeah, I mean, this is fucked up. Um... And of course, in classic government fashion, uh, besides the Restrict Act, which is horribly named, um, they're calling this one uh, the Online Safety Bill. Of course they are. This is a great, great name. Who doesn't want online safety? Um, but yeah, they, uh, the encryption wars never ended. Governments fucking hate encryption. They specifically hate open encryption standards, protocols. Um, and it's going to keep happening. <laughs> they're just going to keep trying to take away uh, as much as our sovereignty and privacy as possible uh, as we transition into the digital era. So expect it, push back against it. Open source tools are particularly powerful here. A company like WhatsApp is either forced to uh, bend the knee on something like this and, and sacrifice the privacy of their users or leave the market because they are a centralized company. But open protocols and tools uh, are not because they are just code and anyone can run them and use them. So this is one of the reasons why the free and open source movement is so important. 
Agreed. It's only going to get heavier from here, freaks. I mean, the U.S. government would like to take away encryption, too. They tried in the 90s and failed, and uh, that war against encryption has popped back up. Matt mentioned the Restrict Act. Never left, Marty. Never left. You mentioned the Restrict Act. I wouldn't be surprised that's used as like a wedge. Like, all right, we get this signed into law, and now we have downstream effects, which is like since we need to get access to this online digital terrorist information, like you can't have encryption anymore. So be aware. They hate you. Uh, They don't want you to be able to communicate privately. With other Sal makes a good ride or die freak. Sal makes a good point in the in the in the chat that uh, it's important for people to realize that WhatsApp, while they say they implement signals end to end protocol for encryption, uh, if you have if you have cloud backups enabled, uh, it will you know, the, the backups are unencrypted so they can read all your chats. If either person on either side has it also, WhatsApp's not open source. So we're kind of just trusting them that they implemented that in the client. Um, so yeah, better than nothing. Good to see that they're fighting for it. Uh, but yeah, you know, WhatsApp is, is, I mean, it's owned by Facebook guys or yeah. meta or whatever you want to call it. It's meta. Just, uh... Yeah. They hate you. <laughs> exactly. Um, I really like, like I, there's trade-offs and there's plenty of trade-offs, but I, I, I still think the single biggest improvement you can make is to use signal more, try and use signal more, have it delete your messages automatically, like set the auto delete feature. Um, yeah, if you can use signal more, it helps. I really like Threema. Threema is great. Less people use it. So it's less useful. But try and move off of WhatsApp. Signal can be treated as almost like a one-to-one WhatsApp um, alternative because it uses phone numbers and people are used to phone numbers and it has all those snazzy features like emoji reactions and GIFs and all those things you like. Yeah. And, uh, Telegram even- is cool, but I, I, I've had, I'm responding to FG Lord in the comments. Telegram is is useful, but it's important to realize that their chats are not encrypted by default. Uh, not end-to-end encrypted by default. We kind of went into that nuance earlier. Um, and then the encryption method they use is like this weird, uh, it's like it's kind of a questionable choice for their encryption method. Um, so just keep that in mind. Also, but one thing that's cool about Telegram is, first of all, you don't you need a phone number to sign up, which is annoying, uh, but you don't need a phone number as an identifier. So you can use a username, which is nice. You don't have to give people your phone number. Um, and also there are telegram open source clients. They actually have an open source client. Um, I would recommend that if you are going to run telegram on your phone, you use the open source version of their client, not the mainstream closed source version they have. Be aware. And, um, Carlos brought up a good point. Even though this blog was shared on WhatsApp's website, the letter was signed by multiple companies, including element OP TF session. Signal, Threema, Viber, and Wire, as well as WhatsApp. So this letter. Um, yeah, don't use Wire either. Wire is definitely a honeypot. Um, but yeah, many. One of the interesting things about WhatsApp is the WhatsApp founder, when he sold it to Facebook, 
he made them promise him a bunch of things about how Facebook wasn't going to corrupt it. Of course, they corrupted it. And he just didn't trust them. So he actually took a bunch of his shares and and used that money and donated it to the nonprofit that runs Signal. Um, and then WhatsApp later adopted the Signal protocol for end-to-end -end encryption. But yeah, just an interesting piece of context. Context is always good. That's all we have for the list today. I have one more example of Clown World that I wanted to bring up because it just highlights how insane the administration here in the United States has become. It's a video clip on Capitol Hill from yesterday of Biden's Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm explaining why she believes that uh, all military vehicles should become electric vehicles by, uh, by 2030. Do you support the military adopting that EV fleet by 2030? I do, and I think we can get there as well. And I do think that reducing our reliance on the volatility of globally traded fossil fuels, where we know that global events such as the war in Ukraine can jack up prices for people back home, it, it uh, does not contribute to energy security. I think energy security is uh, achieved when we have homegrown clean energy that is abundant, like you see mm -hmm. in Iowa. We think that we can uh, be a leader globally in how we have become energy independent. Do you support the military? Yeah, so... What the fuck? It's, I mean, just think of this. Like, this is how stupid these people are. They can't even think through what they're saying. Let's move all military vehicles to electric vehicles by 2030. And so what are you going to do? You're going to call the countries you're invading and say, hey, we're going to need you to uh, spin up some charging infrastructure over the next two years. We plan on bombing you in 2030. Uh, and we're going to need to juice up our fleet between battles. So if you guys could do that for us, that'd be great. Like these people, like the, t the tanks are going to need to like plug in for like fucking two days. In yeah. <laughs> it's in like engagements. I mean, but this is, this is scary shit. I mean, this woman's in control. And then also the whole idea of like homegrown when obviously none of this shit is, is produced in the United States or most of it is not produced in the United States. And then it requires like batteries require lithium and shit. Like, yeah, it's not like it's not a scarce resource that is, you know, in foreign borders. Yeah. The whole thing is just insane. It is scary. I mean, how could you but say that? that is bullshit, the right? Like she's just like, that'll never happen. Right. I mean, I can't, could you imagine? Let's just imagine the way we a clown world. I called, I called the clown world top of the absolute bottom. It's on an yeah. exponential chart. And I called it like all the way down here. Clown world persists. We get to the point. We go to our first battle overseas. We, we get like three hours into it and, and none of the vehicles work anymore. We're like, where's the charging station? It makes no sense. Yeah. It's not based in reality. No. Clown world. Uh, another thing, keep on. Your radars freaks. Seems like things are popping off in Sudan. Don't know exactly what's going on, but my antennae have been perched. Saying, all right, seems like there's some focus on Sudan out of nowhere. Maybe uh, a Libya-like situation popping up here on the horizon. But the, we were talking about the the executive order, right? Um, what did you was, say? It seems like there's war popping off over there. Oh, no. Uh, Biden in uh, this week, didn't he? I thought you're the one who's supposed to be paying attention to this shit. Uh, didn't he sign 
an executive order where he's going to put troops on the ground in like three different African countries, including the Sudan? Uh, Biden decided to leave America 16,000. Joe Biden has left American civilians to fend for themselves in Sudan. No, Uh, I'm pretty sure he's, he got a police, you know, like the police order or whatever, where like, you don't need Senate approval and dropping troops in three different African countries. Biden administration forced Americans to purchase in cars on oil vehicles. I didn't see this. They're trying to evacuate yes. people. Gary, I'm I'm aware that troops have been on the ground in Africa for a long time. I'm not seeing. There was what something you're new. I saw something new. Things popping off, and there it seems like they're stranding a lot of American citizens there. Um. That's of the 24th, that was six days ago. Who knows what's happening? Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Yeah, as of yesterday, the Biden administration has yet to order the U.S. military to help evacuate American citizens seeking to flee Sudan. Yeah, I don't think they've done anything yet. Cinco de Mayo next week. Are you excited for that? I'm just searching for this fucking thing. I don't know. Just to, just assume that we're just always dropping troops everywhere. Yeah. Oh, what else is going on? Are you excited for, for Cinco de Mayo, Marty? Yeah, I'd like to have a margarita on Cinco de Mayo. Maybe. Does that make me uh, uncultured? No, I think it's the opposite. This is a man of culture right here. Yeah. That's next week. I can't believe it's almost May. Um, we have our last shout out because someone figured out how to go to the direct link before do, Marty removed it. I do have another Bitcoin thing okay. I do want to talk about. And we have Boostergrams. Yes. Um, before we get to shout outs and Boostergrams, I tweeted this out the other day. Um, the major ASIC manufacturers are selling more ASICs to Russia than the U.S. right now. A bunch of people hop into my men. She's like, source, 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 source. The source eagles hopped in. Um, <laughs> if you're in the mining industry and you're talking. Wait, what did you just call them? Source eagles? Source seagulls. Source, 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 source. Um, the source is the ASIC brokers. If you talk to ASIC brokers, if you're in the mining industry. <laughs> And you're buying ASICs. There's brokers scattered throughout the world. Dude, sources are important. You can't just like disparage. Source seagulls is good though. No, I'm not it's calling cool. the sources seagulls. I'm calling the people like asking for source. Like I know people should ask for sources. Good for them. I'm More giving it to them. Should ask for a source. I'm giving it to them now. It's the brokers. They're, they'll openly source, tell. Source, 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 source. <laughs> <laughs> They'll openly tell you, uh, yeah, we're doing more business in Russia right now than the U.S. So, and it actually does compute with the last five months of hash rate screaming. Uh, if you're in the United States, you know that rack space here is relatively constrained. Um, it's very hard. Yeah, to didn't find we name space. the we named last week's episode is Russia mining Bitcoin? Yeah, but it was because of that like executive order, and now we have um. Now we have some validation from from ASIC brokers that 
they're saying they're selling a lot more ASICs in Russia than the U.S. right now. So um, I will not divulge my exact sources, but they are brokers. Yeah, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that freaks ask for sources. I'm, I'm talking about sources. Like I don't. I I might have just made up the executive order thing. I don't fucking know. Yeah, you did. Just I didn't a, see anything like that. Yeah, just whatever. Just we're deploying troops everywhere. Do you support the troops? I support the troops. Yeah, I of do course. I, I support the individuals. I think they're. Um... They're following misguided despots, but... I think they're usually more taken advantage of than all of us. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I feel for the troops. All right. Last shout-out ever. I officially deleted the page. I took it off the website. Like, uh, Yeah, so if you, want, if you want your message read on the show, you now have to use Boostagram feature using a podcasting 2.0 app. Yes. So that's where you attach a message to a set amount of sats that you choose and the four highest ones we read out. This is officially the last shout out. Last week we and thought it was officially the last shout out. Freak. Yeah, cheers to the freak who figured out. Marty took down like the page that it was listed on, but he didn't take the back end page off. And the freak figured out the URL and submitted the shout out. So he deserves applause for this. Yes. If you try to do it this week, freak, you're going to get a 404 error. So... No getting around it this week. Freaks, this is a reminder that the code running on a cold card is not free and open source software, otherwise known as open source or FOSS. Cold Card's marketeering department instead refers to their software as verifiable. This, however, does not mean free and open source software, open source or FOSS. Instead, Cold Card's source code is released with restrictions on use, which is in direct opposition to the true open source ethos of Bitcoin. A question to ask yourself. Do a little English mess up here. I'm just going to ad lib. But it'll make sense. How does cold, it. Just read it. Do cold card earn the right to be present or speak on the open source stage at Bitcoin Miami 2023 conference? No discussion or interjection of nuance is required. And we'll move on to the next shout out if we have any more. I'm going to respond to the shout out. You're interjecting? Uh, he said none. Conversation. Uh, Marty and I have recommended cold card for many years. Um, obviously they are a sponsor rabbit hole recap. If you didn't skip the ads, you've heard it this episode. Um, 1031 is also uh, proud to be a investor in CoinKite, the parent company of cold card. NVK is also a friend. People, uh, tend to over, eh, there's a lot of financial incentives that, that fuck around with, with people actually being honest in the space. And that's completely true. Um, I think me and Marty take it very seriously and, and we don't, we, 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 we don't, our opinions are not for sale, but I will say that being friends with someone, uh, is way more difficult, uh, to talk freely about a project than any kind of financial incentives, at least myself personally. That has always been the case for me. So I think it's actually important that I disclose that MVK is a friend. But if anyone's been listening, they know MVK is a friend. Okay. With all that said, obviously, I've also been consulting for Bitcoin Magazine uh, since their team was eight people. Now their team's 100 people. Um, I've mostly focused on their open source initiatives. I've focused on programming their open source stage for the Bitcoin 20, 
2021 conference, we had the little dome. Then 2022, we got a proper stage. 2023, we're going to have a proper stage as well. Um, so that's like all the context there. Um, I think it's important to realize that cold card has always been false and always was false um, until foundation entered the arena and took their code and went to venture venture capitalists that they had refused previously and raised money pre-product off the idea that they were going to assemble their own version of the cold card based on the same code base. They also took pre-sales at the same time. Now, that's completely fine and false, obviously, right? The license permits it. Anyone can take the code. Anyone can modify the code. Anyone can distribute the code. Anyone can sell the code. That's completely reasonable that Foundation did that per open source ethos, culture, the way open source works. That's exactly how open source works. If Coldcard didn't want to do that, they should have restricted their license, and they didn't, okay? It doesn't mean it's not a fucking douche move. It's still a douchebag move. Uh, it's like a it's a completely douchebag move. Like everyone knows exactly what they did, and most people don't talk about it. So what did they do? They changed their license, and I told NVK not to change the license, but mostly for PR reasons. I was like, you are going to have the better product. You guys know how to build. And I've said this publicly. I've said this publicly many times. Don't change the license. Just outcompete them. Outcompete them. It's going to be used against you. Yada yada yada. But they changed their license, and they basically allow you to do absolutely everything except take the code and sell it. They do not let you sell the code. Uh, they don't let you do exactly what Foundation did. And they don't let you do that from the point that they changed it, so not their legacy code. So I will actually say the Foundation Passport, their hardware wallet, is a great hardware wallet because it's basically a cold card MK3 uh, in, in you know a different form factor assembled by a different vendor. So it can actually be very useful in a multi-sig quorum uh, that is not that, that you want multiple vendors for, right? Now I will say, I personally think the MK4 is a better hardware wallet. They made substantial, substantial improvements, both on the software side and the hardware side. And I will stand by my recommendation that I think the cold card MK4 is the single best hardware wallet in the space. You can find my guide at we run btc.com slash cold card. But anyway, back to what the shout out was saying. Um, and by the way, I will, I will say last week, I had one tribe in Bitcoin mad at me for, for being supportive of the samurai team. And now actually I have the opposite tribe mad at me this, this week for being supportive of the cold card and CoinKite team, Peter and MVK over at CoinKite are building tremendously, tremendous products that I trust that are robust as fuck, uh, and that my family relies on. Okay. So, um, I feel like I'm, I'm over the target and I'm doing the right thing. If I have warring tribes that hate each other, um, that, that are mad at me in consecutive weeks, but anyway, with all this said, why are they on the open source stage? First of all, it's not called the free and open source stage, but uh, that's just semantics. Like I kind of, I kind of agree with people that open source maybe should be, uh, equivalent to free and open source and, and maybe, you know, and we should call source viewable if it's, if it's not, if it's not without restriction, but then there's an argument like, Oh, what is GPL? Because GPL requires you to maintain an open source, maintain the same license. Is that, 
Is that open source? I don't know. But anyway, there's all these different arguments. The name is the name of the stage. Um, I look, I think the cold card is the best wallet in the space. Uh, I think workshops on how to use a cold card is an extremely important thing to have at a 20,000 person conference. Um, and as a result, there's a cold card workshop on the stage. Like, I think that makes sense. Like people should practice self custody and they should do it in a responsible way. Um, and I think a cold card workshop would be very helpful. There will also be a seed signer workshop at the stage. Notably, people of the seed signer tribe tend to hate people of the cold card tribe. And both are on the fucking stage. There's also a Sparrow Wallet workshop on the stage. There's also a conversation about the future of core maintainers in this new era. That's an important conversation. That is also on the stage. It's going to be a live RHR so, too. There's also a live RHR on the stage. Yes. It's going to be the best. It's going to be the best single part of the whole stage. So, I mean, what I like, we, we can argue over the semantics of all this shit. Like it's important. There's a cold card workshop at Bitcoin 2023. And I'm proud that there's going to be a cold card workshop at Bitcoin 2023. And I just want more people to do self custody. And I'm proud that there's a seed signer workshop on stage. I'm proud that there's a Sparrow wallet workshop on stage. I'm proud that the guys defending Roman of the bullshit Bitcoin fog case that chain surveillance is, is, is running with, they're going to be on stage on the open source stage. Proud of all that shit. So, um, I know your shadow told me not to respond, but fuck you. <laughs> You're welcome. We, we read your message and I'm going to fucking respond. It's important. Um, but yeah, I, I will just say one more time. Foundation per license was, was completely, completely well within their right to fork it. Um, and build their computing product. Um, it can actually be very useful to people that want multi-sig, uh, multi-vendor, multi-sig. Um, it could be useful for people that just want another wallet and they want to use that wallet. You can use that wallet if you want to use it. Like I said, great wallet based on cold card. <laughs> best in class, so it's one of the best wallets out there. Um, it's also, I completely understand, even though I disagree, I completely understand why MVK changed the license, right? So that's the context. Um, it's incredibly frustrating that like, yeah, it's just, it's important to realize like that's, that's, that's where the CoinKite team's coming from. And I, I can see their frustration in it. And I will say that, um, Twitter brings out the worst in most people and I hate all the personal attacks and everything that goes down on Twitter and blocking and subtweeting and attacking people and all that other shit. And many are guilty of it and most are fucking hypocrites and it's just really fucking messy, but yeah. 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 I saw you getting into that battle yesterday. I was like, <laughs> another one week in and week out, but week in and week out, man. Like I said last week, we brought uh, the, the uh, snot gate happened in the middle of talking about the last uh, flame war that you got thrown in the middle of. But yeah. Yeah. Thanks for holding your nose. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, I completely agree with you. You should be proud. Uh, having all those things on that stage. You put together a great itinerary for the open source stage. People are going to be better for it. And anybody who's trying to get online Twitter points, I flaming the, the flame wars like yeah there's there's more productive ways to spend your time 
there's an Ellen Bits workshop on the stage. Uh, there's obviously a collaborative transactions uh, panel on the stage. There's a ZK rollups uh, presentation, mini script, splicing lightning, zero sync. So it's like some, there's going to be some good content on that stage. And it'll all be freely available if you don't come to the conference. It'll all be freely available uh, on YouTube and Bitcoin TV afterwards. And if you're an open source contributor, until the end of the month, you can still apply for your free ticket at b.tc slash conference slash open source. So get on it, freaks. Proud of that, too. <laughs> that uh, the conference is sneaking up. It's in a few weeks. It'll be in Miami. Yeah, it's like 21 days, I think. We'll be doing a live RHR. And maybe the RHR, will, it'll just turn into a wrestling match where we get all these people fighting over uh, the definitions of licenses and open source software and you just take your shirts off and wrestle in the middle of the stage and we commentate. Yeah. It'll be fun. On to Boostergrams, top four Boostergrams of the week. Rabbit Hole Recap 249. Is Russia mining Bitcoin? Yes, they are. The vendors have told me. The brokers. At McCoy, 100,000 sats, six-figure boost. Love a fat UTXO boost. Fat UTXO boost, first-time booster. Finally not clear from the noise in 2020. You all are bringing high signal week after week. Appreciate you both. Appreciate you, McCoy. It's not a fat UTXO, though. It was 100,000 sats over the Lightning Network. Fat UTXOs have seven figures, not six. Um, at MBS, 69,420 sats. Ho, 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 ho. RHR is signal. Stay humble. Stack sats. Appreciate you, gentlemen. And the freaks, we will win. Yes, we will, MBS. I appreciate you. Thank you for contributing to the show. At Treebeard, 65,456 sats. A nice palindrome boost here. Oh, God. The Midwestern freaks need to know when Chicago bit that. So we need to get on it. Ideally in the summer when the weather's better. Yeah, I, I can't make any timeline promises, freaks. But uh, we're going to get No, there. I want to. No I, no, I feel it. And last but not least, the fourth biggest boost from Rabbit Hole Recap 249. We're at 250. Quarter of a, quarter of a thousand here. We just gotta go. This has been we're almost five years in. So we have to do this for another fifteen years to get to a thousand. I'm here. I'm here. Stay humble. Or from uh, Totanka, nineteen seventy one. Stay humble. Stack sats. You guys are legends and played a big part in my orange pill. Eric nine nine. Shake this off. And uh, it looks like he's, he, he snuck this boost in nine minutes ago and boosted one more sat than Eric99 did. Well, you got to read Eric99 because he's the rabbit eye freak. Stay humble, stack sats. Great advice, Eric. That was good. <laughs> and I'm glad we read it. <laughs> um, also, did you see I, I Whitney Webb's on uh, the open source stage too? Yeah, I was chatting with her today. Um, she's pumped. I can't wait to see her in person. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're actually be on the lookout. Whitney and I are going to record next week to talk about some of the stuff she's going to talk about at the conference. Dope. Um, love Whitney. She just came out with a, an article on Jamie Dimon. She's digging deep in the Jamie Dimon right now. Uh, there is some weird... She's in the, di the Dimon rabbit hole. It's a, it's a deep rabbit hole. There's a lot of connections. 
a lot of the same people that Jeffrey Epstein was working with that put him in the position that he was in are connected to Jamie Diamond as well. By the way, we're going to have a sparrow workshop at the park before the, we're going to like Craig, Craig's going to practice at the park first, right before our, our mempool summit. I was gonna It'd say be mempool. nice if mempool is never clear again before the mempool summit. Uh, yeah, at they, will. Park. they will. Um, I what do we have? Can I just? I love Sparrow. Sparrow's amazing. It's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. You can use whatever hardware wallet you want with Sparrow. He supports them all. One man team. Craig Raw. Um, what am I gonna say? We have Austin Bit Club, Bitcoin Club meetup tonight. Don't we? I think it is Bitcoin Design Club. Bitcoin Design Club. Excuse me. There's so many. So many Bitcoin That's at the, at, commons, at the commons, right? yeah. So if you're into Bitcoin design, you are in Austin. Maybe you're a shitcoiner. Stumble upon this episode at Consensus. You said, hey, I'm at this conference and I really don't believe. Do you think they're playing this at the conference? They're playing this at Consensus? They, they should be. Do you think we're on the main stage right now? We don't even know. We should be. Are they if, legally allowed to do that? If we are, what are you going to tell Barry? Barry, it's been so many days. So many. <laughs> I have no idea how many days it's been. What if we are? It's been a lot of fucking days. What if we are being bro- broadcast on the main stage at Consensus right now and they're just making fun of us? They're like, look at these idiots. They're just in Bitcoin. And he's fucking- I mean, they all got fucking rugged by the guy running the conference. Did you see they had like Sonaheim uh, do a softball interview with Laura Shin? No, but it doesn't shock me. On the main stage? What was it like? I don't know, but I didn't watch the interview. But I saw a quote that was pulled out. It's like, we're still de- we're dedicated to moving forward and pushing forward. It's like, yeah, you owe billions of dollars. <laughs> Rayscale CEO expects decision on attempt to overturn the SEC's ETF rejection by end of Q3 2020. Yeah, they're just trying to blame the SEC, even though they were just reckless. There's never been a stronger held conviction among investors that crypto is here to say. Says Sana. Oh, there's another thing, you know, because this is important because it's a recommendation, okay? And because it's self custody, like holding your own keys is important, okay? And holding Bitcoin is important. the 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 argument over FOSS, the argument over whether or not we should only use tools that are completely open and permissible and that anyone can modify and sell is a different argument than a security argument. And the security argument, the most important argument from a security point of view is that you can view and verify the source and ideally be able to modify it, but that you're able to view and verify the source and, and cold card, you can view and verify the source. And that's why their website says source viewable. It literally says source viewable does not say open source anymore. They changed that, I think, like six months ago or seven months ago. Um, but that is the important distinction. And, it, and if your wallet does not, is, you cannot verify the source of your wallet. That's extremely bad because you're just you're just trusting you're just trusting the wallet provider. Um, so you need you need these things to at least be source viewable. And then from a principal point of view, it's nice when it's false. It's really powerful when it's false because other people can build on top of it, they can modify it, and then they can distribute and sell it themselves. And you have all these different innovations. And that's what's really powerful about FOSS. It's very viral. It outlasts the creator. That's why it's 
extremely important that Bitcoin is false. It's extremely important that BTC pay server is false. It's extremely important that the Nostra protocol is false. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I realized I hadn't. I was, I, yeah. There's a, look, I'm not afraid of this discussion. I'm happy to have this discussion all day, all, all night. Um, I will say, unlike other people, especially unlike other people running venture funds, like if a company that's that 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 is in our portfolio rugs someone, like I take that very seriously. There's personal responsibility there. There's not going to be any like, oh, like no one could have seen coming with BlockFi, like blah blah blah. And same deal with the fucking sponsors. And I will also say, I don't know. Now I'm just talking too much, but I will also say that. You're fine. When when I've when I've recommended Cold Card in the past, I've always been accused of taking a secret sponsorship deal with them, regardless. So those people that accuse me of that, this is why I take a public sponsorship deal with them because I'm going to get accused of it anyway. I might as well get that bacon. <laughs> uh, it's never going to end. We're going to keep talking about this forever, but get over yeah. it. Yeah. Um, also, you know, it's a bear market, right? Cause we're just all fucking, it's like, it's a new drama every fucking day. Yeah. Speaking of bear market drama, we were talking about Barry Silbert, Sonison, digital currency group consensus. So I was doing some research on Twitter. I didn't realize this, uh, pull this up. Apparently like Genesis is reneging on a loan agreement with DCG, their parent company. Um, so it looks like DCG took out a big collateralized loan to short Bitcoin and the price moved in the wrong direction against them. Now they're underwater and they're trying to restructure the loan. Um, but it looks like Genesis just reneged on that loan is raising new demands. And DCG saying, while it is difficult to understand the rationale given to the limited engagement from Genesis creditors since February court filing, our understanding is a subset of creditors have decided to walk from the prior agreement. We do not know if hundreds of thousands of individual creditors are aware of this development, but the latest maneuver will prolong the court process. So like, like there's some trouble in, in paradise with the DCG family of companies. So DCG man. Yeah, I mean they were just default on this massive loan. Five hundred and seventy five million. They should have just stayed humble and stack sats. They had all the cards in their favor and they just got fucking greedy, man. Many such cases. I mean, GBTC, I, th I think I saw last week, they printed 10,000 Bitcoin in management fees alone last year. Yeah, fucking, how much? 10,000 Bitcoin. Fuck. Just free money and they got greedy, man. Yeah. Well, I can't even say I hate to see it. Hopefully their creditors get paid. Yeah. But it's good seeing that it's a it's this is nature healing when the DJs get wiped out. It is. It just sucks that like honest people got scammed along the way. Yeah, well, it's even the more worst like is when the honest people get scammed and then the DJs make it out scot free. Yeah, it is. That's typically what happens. That's when it's brutal. Grayscale yeah. has charged investors roughly thirty thousand Bitcoin over the last two years to completely mismanage the trust. The ill-gotten fees represent ten percent of GPT's current market capitalization. Yeah, so that's the way it works. They have like management fees attached to GBTC. They get the paid management out fees are based on the full value, even though it's trading at like a massive a discount. discount. Yeah, and they're two percent too. 
Yeah. Crazy. More than crazy. We live in a crazy world. We're going to create an EV fleet and we're going to send to countries with, with no charging infrastructure. Uh, the Bank of England is telling British people to have fun staying poor. What else is going on? Government's still trying to cut kids' dicks off here. It's insane. It's insane. On the positive side, I'm going to pull a Justin Sun and pre-announce an announcement. We got some big news coming out of OpenSats, uh, but I can't tell you more than that. Uh, we will be supporting Nostra projects, and uh, this is the year that OpenSats enters the big league and big leagues and starts really uh, doing some positive positive force for good in the world. Uh, I can just confirm. a reminder, OpenSats. Thanks for confirming, Marty. It's pretty big news. Yeah. Um, just a reminder, OpenSats uh, is an organization that is made up of nine Bitcoiners, including myself. Um, that is 100% pass-through. We do not take a cut of any donations. Most nonprofits take a cut of donations. This is 100% pass-through. You can learn more at OpenSats.org. We're a 501c3, so you can get a tax deduction if you donate. Or you can donate anonymously using Bitcoin. We hold all funds in Bitcoin. Whether you donate with fiat or Bitcoin gets converted to Bitcoin if it's with fiat. And we pay all grants out in Bitcoin. So it's it's using Bitcoin as a powerful force for good in the open source community uh, to support open source projects. Support open sats freaks. Um, yeah. When is the news going to drop? Can we... What? I don't know. We're working on it. All right. Getting our ducks in a row over here. That's good news. All right. That's all we got this week, freaks. Um, stay frothy out there. I didn't sneeze this episode. That's a win. That is a win. Voice is still coming back. It's a bit deeper. I got that sultry, post-cold voice right now. I sort of like it. But, yeah, we've got a... Uh, Trying to think of what else. That's it. That's all I got. This has been great. Love you, Marty. Love you, Logan. Love you, freaks. Stay on Stack Sets. Love you, brother. Peace and love. Dickie!